I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 579 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, buddy? Oh man, oh man, oh man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing all right. I walked I was like, "You know what? I'm going to take a nap before the podcast." Sometimes I grab a coffee, but it was raining and I'm a timid little field mouse. Yeah, yeah. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like you would make 100% one decision? But if it's raining outside and it's cold, you're like, I can't do that. And you got to like stay inside. I would say 96 times out of 100, I'm a timid little field mouse. And four times out of 100, I'll go out and do what I got to (laughs) do. And four times out of 100, you're a city mouse? Yes. Um, I'm a a sewer rat those four times. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Um, And I'm the rat king. But... uh, I, you know, I was thinking about getting a coffee and be like, yeah, I'll get a coffee. We'll have a, you know, a nice podcast. But instead, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a nap instead. And I was napping or I tried to nap. I closed my eyes and my power went out. And I was like, oh, it's kind of strange. Came out. I knew it was raining. My air conditioner in my living room in uh, New York in my apartment was just like dripping all over my guitars. So that was not good. No. And it was also dripping all over an electrical outlet, which oh. is why I think the electricity went out. Even better. Yeah, so I was, you know, I took a fork and I'm trying to fish the water out of the electrical outlet. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? Oh, and then I, make sure, like, it works best if you have the tongue, <laughs> uh, the fork in your mouth and fish it out because your body, <laughs> yeah. your mouth naturally yeah, right. goes to water, water naturally goes to your mouth, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I'm excited to podcast. We didn't get to podcast two week, two, uh, two, um, last week, so... We haven't podcasted in a little bit. I was going to say too recently, which is a weird phrase by itself. Yes. And it got combined with last week. And I said two week. It's been. But anyway. Two week. Two weeks since I podcasted. And then lots of stuff happened. And now we got to talk about it. We, 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 we'll keep going. That comes. That comes. Uh, chickadee China. Uh, Chuck ate some chicken. He uh, um. forked in his outlet <laughs> and his heart stopped ticking. <laughs> He ate some, Chuck ate some chicken. His heart stopped ticking. That's hilarious. Um, I mean, you could have been watching X Files with no lights on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, not by myself. That's too scary. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, so uh, yeah. So we haven't podcasted in two weeks. The reason being, which we'll get into, blah 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 blah, that uh, you know, we had a show at the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island, a live show. And we were super busy working on the show. And to be completely honest, there was uh, an idea that I came up with last minute that we really wanted to execute for the show, which had to do with shooting this video. Yes. And so, actually, to be honest, it's a couple things now that I think about it. Because one of the things that happened was like our close buddy, Lou Perella, who has been on the podcast many times, I helped him move to Austin a couple years ago. He and his wife, Laura, and his daughter, Lucy... Uh, we're all coming back to this to the East Coast for a little bit um, for the first time in almost two years. And they were supposed to stay with me. And then a couple of weeks beforehand, I found they're not staying with me. And then last minute, they were like, hey, can we stay with you? 
And so I had to get all my video work done before then and then get ready to uh, shoot the stuff we needed to shoot for our live show. I had to get back to New York. So so they came and stayed with me. I had to drive them to Rhode Island. I stayed there for what? Uh, 48 hours. Drove back to New York to film uh, the first episode of Drew's News with Drew Barrymore. Right. Um, I didn't sign any NDAs, so I, I'm imagining I can talk about it. Um, and it was the first time I was working for CBS, the first time working for Viacom and Drew Barrymore in general. So it was kind of a, a non-negotiable trip back to New York that I had to do. Right. And then I had to drive immediately. Well, then, then the next day I filmed with Mark and Joe for Tuesdays with Stories, and then I immediately drove back to Rhode Island for us to film for like three days straight. Um, uh, and I... You know, we we filmed. We we had to write some of the show, even though most of the show was written, and get that all edited and ready for Sunday, which was the actual live show that we had. So it was like this like ten day period of just nonsense and scheduling and being our having our backs up against the wall. So we didn't get to podcast. Right. I will say though, in that time around around that time. I did appear on three podcasts. You appeared on one podcast. Yes. We both appeared on the Wicked Funny podcast with Brian Bowden and Frank Cazero. I appeared on uh, Katie Arroyo's um, The Messy Show podcast. And I appeared on Reviewing History with Brian Rupert from the Tell em Steve Dave Crew, one of my buddies. And um, uh, so we did do some podcasting during that time. Yes. And let's say this. We're going to talk about it. There are four other podcasts that were recorded in recent memory with Chuck, Brad, and Ray Harrington, our unofficial third on this podcast. Right. So we were we had a lot of work to do, a lot of creative work, a lot of podcasting too. So if you're a fan of the podcast and you're bummed, I promise you, um, not only did we do other podcasts you can listen to, but there's big changes and fun stuff coming that we're going to get into in a minute. But yeah, so we were just really backed up last week. Uh, I really want to apologize uh for that lack of a podcast last week but i think we're about to really ramp up and get even more serious than we've ever gotten about the podcast right right would you say yeah. that oh i'd agree and uh, i'm excited um, for it i'm excited to see what comes i'm excited for it too but uh yeah uh so let's talk about what, what, what we're gonna do today because we have a lot of emails we have some stuff to catch up on how do you want to do this i'm, I'm ready to, to start with an email right now Okay, go for it. As always, uh, emails can be sent to chuckandbrad at gmail.com or through the email link on uh, chuckandbradpodcast.com. This email comes from uh, Stephen, and it's called Cease and Desist Use of Canadian Slurs. <laughs> Dear Chuck and Brad, I'm emailing you today to express my disdain with your use of the Canadian slur Canuck on your otherwise fine podcast. Allow me to educate you. That term was conceptualized by the Americans during the War of 1812 as a form of mental warfare against their Canadian adversaries. In an attempt to make the enemy seem weak and win over the women of Canada, American soldiers would probably tell every town they went through that, quote, Canadians can't fuck. As carrier pigeons informed them of the chaos they were causing behind enemy lines, fun fact, Canada Post was formed in response to the onslaught of letters from soldiers, desperately pro proclaiming their sexual prowess to their sweethearts back home, the American soldiers only increased their barrage, eventually shortening the phrase to use derogatorily when interacting with their foe face-to-face. -face. I felt like Chuck and I had bonded over the weekend, as 
he stayed with you recently. However, with this recent development, I can no longer look at him with the same starry-eyed wonder and respect. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps with a sincere apology and time to reflect, he can be forgiven. But he will always be the man that slandered me and my nation's ability to get down. Brad, we're still cool because you recognize the libelous ways of the Vancouver hockey team, who we have been petitioning to change their name since the fall of 92. You seem like the kind of friend everyone deserves, except Chuck, and I hope more people write you songs. Sincerely, Canadian Brad. P.S. That waiter asked for my order first, damn it, and I felt awkward about redirecting him. P.P.S. I love you too, Chuck, you piece of shit. <laughs> Oh, I love him. That's Stephen Griss. Yes. Uh, the actual etymology of Canuck, slightly different, uh, according to Wikipedia. Uh, just a slang term. Uh, origins of the word are uncertain. The term Canuck, K-A-N-U-C-K, is first recorded in 1835 as an Americanism originally referring to Dutch Canadians or French Canadians. By the 1850s, the spelling with a C became predominant. Today, many Canadians and others use Canuck as a mostly affectionate term for any Canadian. Mm. So I like it. Yeah. But you know what? That's just Wikipedia. Like, Gris yeah. lives in Canada. He would know the actual story. So, yeah, that's true. It seems more likely that he is telling the truth. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Gris is a great guy. Uh, I think, you know, we talked about him on a recent episode, and I guess we used some of the slurs, but I, I gotta say, I don't know that we I'm use the slurs. I don't think I'm going to stop using them. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there. All right, I'm going to do a, a second email since uh, there wasn't much to respond to in that one other than okay. defending ourselves. Uh, yeah, this, I love Chris, though. This, I just want to say that. This one is uh, from Aaron with an mm -hmm. E. Hey, guys. Only mm -hmm. started listening somewhat recently and intermittently because I haven't been to the movies as much as I used to be. First, let me just mm -hmm. say I thoroughly enjoy the podcast. Thank you. And while my question could be about dating, I'm going to ask something easier, hopefully. I've been trying to, get my trying to get my mom to visit me down in Atlanta for a little while ever since I got my own place, San's Roommate. My mom is 76 and lives on her own with a cat I sort of forced upon her back when I lived with her back in upstate New York. She wants to visit me, but her latest excuse is that she has no one to take care of the cat and the apartment complex technically does not allow cats, so she can't ask a neighbor and my brother's family would normally step in and look in on the cat, but they want to come down too, not to visit me, mind, but to meet at a, at a more vacation-y in-between place. Since I know Brad has a cat, I was wondering if he has someone specific to watch her while he's away. If it were just a weekend, then no worries, but a week feels like a bit long to leave a cat on its own. I know my ex-boyfriend's mom used to put her cat in one of those hotel things, but those are crazy expensive, and my mom barely goes out to do groceries and the doctors, let alone finding a random cat hotel place. Any ideas are welcome. I already have a friend booked to visit me in October and would prefer if my first guest was my mom over a good friend. Thanks in advance, and Chuck, seriously, you need to demand your voice be heard at the next TESD film event. If I'm ever in Rhode Island again, hopefully y'all will be doing a show. Listener and fellow movie lover, Aaron. P.S. I watch The Black Phone and agree on all your points, but woo lord, do not go to the movies on a Friday night. Some salacious activities still occur there. Um, wow. Does she mean salacious like people were banging in the theater? I think so. Fingering or, or like blowing? Or I, I think they were banging a finger. Or... Finger banging. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Aaron, geez. This is a family show. Is it? Um, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem like one. It's uh, it's weird. Uh, you know, technically we're in families. Uh, thinking about cat care, when I uh, the first time I went home, I had I had uh, friends stop by once a day, uh, check on her wet food and uh, clean the litter box. And I had another friend that was supposed to come by and like just be social, like just hang out with a cat for half an hour. And uh, I don't yeah. know that that happened. Uh, the next time 
Uh, Chuck's mom, Pat, uh, actually took care of Rosie. Same thing, once a day, wet food, litter box. And um, I think that was the same when I went home in December. And then Mm -hmm. when I went home the last time in July, I took her to a friend's house. Uh, They have a cat, so Rosie had a little playmate for uh, five days. And that one felt the best because then I knew she was being cared for and it wasn't like I was just checking the camera and I'm like, oh, she's sitting in the window alone. Oh, I'm so sad. Um, it was mm-hmm. more like, oh, she's she's with someone. She can be social. So that was my concern. I know mm-hmm. there's a, a website or an app or something called Meowtel, M-E-O-W-T-E-L, uh, something like that, that is basically a, a pet sitter app. I don't know if that would mm-hmm. be an option. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I did consider... Uh, like a, a kennel or a cat kennel um, before I had friends volunteer to, to come by. Um, you know, expensive or not, I just want to make sure my cat's okay. So All right. um, I wish I had a more definitive answer uh, in terms of upstate New York cat care. Uh, it's it's tough because on part of me is like, well, Craigslist, but like, yeah, you can't trust Craigslist. Uh, and, I yeah. do Craigslist. Um, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sure there are pet sitting apps where people mm-hmm. have to be... Uh, I don't want to use the term vetted because it kind of sounds like I'm trying to make a pun, but like, they, you know, they have to pass a background check of some sort uh, or at least deal with ratings like Uber ratings uh, would. So um, I would look into the the technology side of things, apps and maybe this Meowtel uh, and see if it's available in the area. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. or how about this? Here's the idea. Uh-oh. So the mom yes. starts her own cat hotel, mm, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, gets a trusty team of upstarts to learn how to take care of the cats and feed them. Like, ra- them like a ragtag group of upstarts? Ragtag group. Yeah, they yeah. have like special cat. You know, this one talks to cats. This oh. one is good at yes. taking care of cats. You oh, know okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one changes kitty litter. You know, this one, and yeah, I was going to say, this one's not good at anything except shoveling, so... <sighs> You're right, and, and then, so, and then, and so and then she gets they the realize, perfect. yeah. And well, that's the thing is, she'll be the owner of the company. They're perfect at it. They're the best ones in the town. They win the contest, best meow tell or whatever it is. Yep. And then she says, "Hey, I'm going to go visit my daughter," and she doesn't even have to do anything. Then she already has a whole crew that she taught. Right. So your mom, I'm guessing, will be about she's 76 now. I'm thinking she's going to be like 93 when this is you know the plan. The plan is fully in motion. Right. So probably not going to be get, before just, the friend visits in October. Well, <laughs> hey, maybe not, but maybe you know, get get the get the wheels rolling on this. All right, there you go, Aaron. <laughs> Knocked it out of the I park. I mean, what's the the real answer? I guess is like the mom has to have a friend that's not in the apartment complex, right? I I would hope so. Yeah, I mean. She said she can't ask a neighbor. My brother's family would normally step in, but they want to come. So I say if she has a, I mean, it's weird because you'd think if she had a friend, maybe that'd be in the email, though. You know? Yes. They they wouldn't be like, oh yeah, that's right, Rose, my best friend. Like that would be weird if she just right forgot that. So I I, I mean, yeah, I don't have any. I I would say find someone. The same thing. I don't know if the Craigslist thing would work. I don't like that, but. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there, there's an app um, called Meowtel. M e o w t e l. There you go. Um. And I want to hear more about the salacious movie activities. What did you see? What did you film? Send it. Um. And uh, glad you like Black Phone. 
Yes. So yeah, so let's do a quick like little topic. So right. uh, so yeah, so since last we recorded, which we're, where we talked about the rehearsal. By the way, we're continuing to watch Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal on HBO, and it continues to make my jaw drop week to week. Oh, it is insane! I it's the I best. cannot believe the depths oh. that Nathan Fielder is going to to get these people to rehearse things, and how the rest it's of the, the show best. weaves around. It's the best. I, I love it. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to explain oh, why, yeah. why it's as entertaining as it is. But man, oh man, am I ever entertained? Yeah, it's it's the best. If if you haven't watched it, it's I I think it might be one of the most compelling documentary series I've ever seen. And I was showing my friend, and she said, um, "You know, like I think this is really good, but I don't know why you think it's a comedy." And I'm like, you know, I still do think it's kind of a comedy. But really, you know, uh, I, I wonder if maybe I'm just influenced by his previous works. There's, there's certainly jokes in it. Yes. Um, but it, it is more of like, at this point, a more of an interesting, bizarre social experiment. Yeah, I could agree you know? with that. It's, it's, I, know, I, I think some of the comedy comes from how deep it goes. Yeah, I think so, too. Um. But yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I, but I've been loving it. I kind of don't want to give anything away. You got to watch it and see where it's going for left turns. But yeah, so like I said, Lou and Laura came to visit. That was really fun. Uh, they came and stayed here, um, and uh, we had a good time. You know, I'm trying to think. We, we we had a very short amount of time here, but we were like, you know, just hanging out, watching watching Jackass, doing stuff, watching the rehearsal, and then we drove to Rhode Island recently um, from New York. And that's when we had our big party. We had a triple birthday party for myself, for Brad, and for Lou. Yes. Brad's birthday is July 10th. Mine's August 2nd. Lou's is July something. And uh, we had a big pool party. And like 40 people showed up to the pool party, which yes. was very fun. It was a huge turnout. A lot of, a lot of splashing and splishing. I was taking a bath. I wish I said that backwards. You know what I mean? No, you're okay. Splishing and splashing. And I was taking a bathing or something. Yes. And... um. But yeah, it was a killer day that was really, really fun. We were tired. Um, and then we went to the arcade lot that night. We went to Free Play Arcade Bar, which is an arcade bar in Providence. And a bunch of us were there. Uh, it was me, you, our buddy Michaela, Jordan, Lou, um, some of Lou's friends from the boathouse, I believe, Kyle, um, Kyle Platt. A bunch of people. Yeah, some and, improv um, pals, Jimmy, Mike, and Rachel. Improv- that's right. Yes, yep. that's right. Yes, Kate went. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. She got, she got oh. addicted to pinball that day. Really? She, yeah, she's in pinball rehab right now. Oh, She was just so playing sad. too much too much Ghostbusters. She's like, oh, the Stern 2016 oh. Ghostbusters? She's like, I haven't Has played. she apologized for anything she's done in the past yet? Not yet. Pinball, no, she's, pinball she, related? she's working the steps. She's oh, working, yeah. She just hasn't gotten there yet. She'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was cool, um, and uh, great night. And that arcade was awesome. Like, oh, so fun. they had some stuff I didn't expect them to have, including the six-player X-Men arcade cabinet, which is awesome. Yes, um, they had one of the Dungeons and Dragons four-player beat 'em ups, which is great. Um, and they had uh, the the newer. Well, the the very new uh, Wreck It Ralph based arcade machine with Fix It Felix from the movie that looks just like Donkey Kong. Yes, and it's 
awesome. And they just they had a ton of stuff. <laughs> Obviously, they had the four player turtles, four player turtles in time, Simpsons, Sunset Riders, all the big stuff. And uh, honestly, I think it would be fun for a few of us to go back with a specific plan to beat specific games. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Because all night we just kind of ran around and my attention was pulled all over the place in terms of how cool it was to be there for the first time and see all these different games. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that was that was a really good birthday celebration. I was really, really kind of excited and happy that so many people came out uh, to to spend time with you and you and me and Lou. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice, nice yeah. day, nice night. And uh, it was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really good. Um, but yeah, well, you know what? Let's. It's funny because like I'm, ju- I'm just trying to figure out how to weight this episode in terms of like, should we talk about emails? Should we talk about topics? But let's go back to an email. What do we got? All right. We have a bunch of them. This is from uh, from David. It said, I wrote a little while back trying to sell mm-hmm. Chuck on the original Rocky film. I got so mm-hmm. wrapped up in that, I forgot about old Brad. I've been listening for at least a year, maybe two. And a couple of times, Brad's mentioned Pearl Jam as his favorite band. Pearl Jam is my favorite band as well, and I'd love to hear Brad talk more about them, perhaps his five, top five, top five, there we go, PJ Records and or songs slash concerts, preferred drummer, maybe even a roar you know about the band. A roar you know about the band would be great. Uh, and then he, awesome. he closed it, Get Cultured, Use Wines. Um, yeah, Pearl Jam, I, I, I was anti-Pearl Jam in the 90s, which sounds like a weird thing to be anti at any time, much less in the 90s. Uh, but I was a I was a gatekeeper and uh, was you know I wasn't proud I'm not proud of who I was then where it was like oh like you only like this music because it's popular you should listen to music that's not popular like a, a terrible attitude a, an immature attitude towards art and fandom in general um, but I definitely clung on to hair metal for longer than it needed to be um, and uh, was was just against things that were popular just because they were popular that was it. Uh, and then as college ended, I was like, well, I like the song Wish List. Well, I like the song Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town. And that was kind of as far as I was willing to go. And then I would hang out with friends and we'd, you know, play cards and, you know, Pearl Jam's in the five disc changer. And I'm like, well, okay, some of these songs are cool. And then it just got more and more. And uh, I, I just got into it. And, you know, that was when I bought a guitar and I, we were going to learn how to play. And I, of course, never did. And... Uh, so we went to see them in 2003. We saw them in Vegas. And then a couple of weeks later in Chicago, uh, that Chicago show, we bribed a security guard to let us on the floor. We snuck into the third row of the concert where some friends were standing and like got too crowded and it was uncomfortable. And I was just worried we were going to get in trouble. Uh, so we went back to our actual seats. Um, but, you know, got to see my favorite song release uh, played from the third row uh, at that concert mm-hmm. in June of 2003. And, uh, you know, have just kind of followed them since then. And uh, Chuck and I went to see them uh, several years ago in Hartford. I think it was 2014-ish. Yeah, yep. And uh, like a fun show. And I I think they're such a good band because they sound great live and they have such a huge catalog that it's not the same set list every time they're out, which I appreciate. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. also just their support of the idea of releasing live music so that people can hear it. Um, who weren't able to make it to the show. So I, you know, I, I have bought CDs back when that was a thing or streamed concerts from all over the world. And uh, I just think that's pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, I mean, 10 is one of my favorite records of all time. I love Verses. I love Yield. Um, 
but I don't know that I, I love uh, binaural. Um, I think the Avocado, the self-titled album one is great. And uh, that has some songs that mean a lot to me on it. Uh, and then a couple songs off Backspacer I really enjoy. So, I mean, you know, Release, Elderly Woman, Wishlist, uh, Hail Hail is one of my favorites, and I have yet to hear them play it live. Oh, I, I have not been at a show where they've played it live. And, uh, you know, drummer Matt Cameron. I mean, he's he's Matt Cameron. It's hard to, uh, to argue against him. Uh, and maybe we'll do a Roar You Know at some point. But, uh, yeah, big Pearl Jam fan. Our, our buddy Joe List, also a big Pearl Jam fan. And, yep. uh, you know, has been to a million concerts and everything. But uh, I just remember in improv class 100 years ago, uh, every, you know, for a while, every suggestion I gave was the name of a different Pearl Jam song. And it took people three or four songs to to catch on. And then they started doing it as well. And it was really fun. Um, and then I remember I had, you know, I had a three-disc changer at home. And I always kept Pearl Jam songs, like the, the live Chicago show from 2000, you know, that was always disc two and three. So I would just change disc one. So really no point in having a three-disc changer. Uh, but it was like, oh, I, I, you know, disc two, song six, Red Mosquito, let's rock. Like, mm-hmm. it was just a thing. So, uh, you know, huge Pearl Jam guy. And uh, yep. and yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at. So nice. I'm a cultured yeah. swine. Yeah, <laughs> you are a cultured swine. Thank you. Um, I, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't really know Pearl Jam that much outside of singles until one time Brad wanted me to go to a show. And so I learned all the songs that were basically on the set list for the previous shows or some of them. Yeah. And they didn't even play that many of them. They played a they completely different set list. Yeah. But I did learn a bunch of songs. And I think I think Pearl Jam is great, too. Um, I don't really listen to them that much, but it feels like one of those bands I'm eventually going to be into. Yeah. I've yeah. been listening to more Poison recently and Guns N' Roses. Ah, see, that's the Brad I was in the 90s after those bands were popular in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm a couple years behind, but that's cool. You know, um, uh, late 90s was when I was like, oh, have you heard this band? It's called Blink-182. Um, <laughs> they're on the Music for Our Mother Ocean CD. Yeah. Um. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so it's funny. I'm trying to think of this the Rocky thing. I think I, re- I remember the email in general, um, but um, I and I, that's another. It's it's kind of like Pearl Jam. I want to get cultured, you swine. I want to watch all the Rocky movies and all the Rambo movies. I don't know that watching um, all the Rocky movies is necessary. Eh, we'll watch them. Uh, by oh, the way, no. one email that we don't really have to get into, but we did get an email called cancellation. Yes, we did, and it's from the Geek Boat. I don't know how much we talked about this in the podcast. We oh ta- yeah, we talked about Chuck and Brad as Con at Sea, right? Yes, we did. All right, so a while ago, we got asked to moderate a con at sea, a floating Comic-Con, and it was going to be Brian O'Halloran, who played Dante in Clerks, and Jeff Anderson, who played Randall, and we were going to moderate the whole time, and it also had the guy who played Andy in the Child's Play movies, and some of the Pirates of the Caribbean people, and some of the Walking Dead people, right? Right. And... uh, it was supposed to be like last November or something, and it got pushed back. And I was like, "Is this thing going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen." And uh, we just got word recently that 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 floating con at sea has been canceled. Um, but and so I'm a little bummed. Brad's not bummed. He's happy we're not going. I uh, I am both bummed and not bummed. I am Schrodinger's bummed. <laughs> Schrodinger's bummed. <laughs> I thought he was the guy who rang a bell. Nope. And the dog would salivate. That 
First of all, salivate. <laughs> Secondly, Pavlov. <laughs> You're thinking of Pavlov. Oh, what did Schrodinger do? Uh, he was the one, basically, it was uh, when you have a box, the cat is, and and you've left a cat in there, and, you know, there's, there's different factors in play. But basically, uh, because of the nature of quantum theory, the cat is both dead and not dead, or alive and not alive at the same time. Oh, yes, yes, uh, Because yeah, of yeah. the quantum state and, you know, the, the observer effect and... Uh, it's weird because some people are like, "Oh no, he like said that as a joke," and people think he's being serious, and he was yeah. he was trying to show how silly quantum theory is. Uh, but yeah, then now right. that's what he's remembered for. Yep. So that's funny. Yeah, um, that's really funny. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good. I'm glad you got an email about Pearl Jam. That's fun. Yeah. I'm trying. It's funny. I'm trying to figure. I'll say out this: exactly there's there's, there's several stuff. other Brad emails in here. Are there? Oh yeah, I feel guilty. Well, read another one. I want to hear another one. I want to, I wanted to learn more about Brad today. Well, uh, all right. Well, this this one is uh, is from our pal Matt. Uh, less less Brad related, but probably all Brad. Oh, in fact, hey guys, just wanted to shoot a message Brad's way. Do you have any good recommendations for classic pulp science fiction books, circa fifties and sixties? I wrote a couple of mm. science fiction scripts, and most of my research went about as far as reading the old EC comic titles. Weird science and weird fantasy. I took most of my inspiration from all the amazing cover art of that period. But if there are any standout recommendations, I'd love to add them to the list of books to check out. Thanks for the time, guys, and thanks to the shout out from before. Because uh, hmm. Matthew Bond, I believe he just picture wrapped a film. Uh, yes, with, he did. Yeah, which is pretty great. It's a miracle that any movie ever gets made. Um, and so, like to to have it be someone we know and like, it just it feels Very even cool. better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, I, I think so what do you have? classic science fiction for me, I thought of, uh, Isaac Asimov's foundation series. Uh, and you know, that started in, I think, uh, like the early fifties and, uh, it's a set of, depending on who you ask anywhere, <laughs> you know, what? it's tough. It was the idea of, um, the, like the path that humanity is, is taken and the idea of how do we safeguard them on a path towards greater things. Uh, and so it was started as like, all right, you're going to go to this planet and you're going to start an encyclopedia and it's going to be a big research encyclopedia. And then they find out that is not actually why they're there. Um, and so he wrote uh, one, one, two, uh, two books in the 50s, three books in the 50s, and then uh, a couple in the 80s and one in the 90s. So he wrote seven books. And then different science fiction authors kind of wrote like an eighth, a ninth, and a tenth, uh, presumably with the blessing of the Asimov estate. And um, it gets super weird. Uh, I mean, they're all pretty weird, but it gets yeah. super weird with with these three extra authors. And I, I don't know that I loved them, but it's been a while since I've read them. But, um, you know, those classic 1950s, I don't know that they're considered pulp. Um, but you know, that's also when he wrote I robot and, um, you know, th then kind of the three laws of robotics and the books that followed that, um, uh, and I don't remember the names of them. Uh, so I'd say that, and then, you know, old Ray Bradbury short stories would be, uh, cool. would be my recommendations for, I don't, again, I don't know how pulpy they are, but, um, they're classics for a reason. Yeah. Right. So that's where I'm that's at cool. science fiction right. novel wise. Yeah, I don't have a lot of answers for this. Except, I mean, I guess a lot of the comic books I've read are science fiction. Yeah. Unless they're science facts. Oh! 
<laughs> There's this guy with adamantium claws. Uh-huh. Please let it be fact. Yes. Please. <laughs> I'm Weapon 12. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't even know what's wrong with you, but something's wrong oh, with yeah. you. <laughs> um, let's see. Any Chuck emails? Come on. What's going on well, here? I don't, I don't like all this attention uh, on you. All right. Well, I've got another one. This one is called Question for Brad About Faith. And I was like, oh, obviously it's about uh, country pop superstar Faith Hill. Not the case. Ooh. Oh. Uh, you know, remember Faith or Evans? Faith the, Faith the original <laughs> Limp Biscuit single. Ooh. Um, hey, guys, as much as I love Chuck, too, I really have a question for Brad. And if this is not the type of email you would want to answer on the podcast, that is totally fine. But if Brad could respond, yeah. I would be very grateful and find it very helpful. I grew up a religious person in a religious family, Catholic. I had CCD once a week, which was essentially a religion class that you had to take eight years of to to become a full-fledged member of the church if you did not go to a Catholic school, which I did not. After completing that, I was kind of burnt out and stopped going to church on a regular basis. We would still go on Christmas and Easter. Then we would stop going altogether when I got to high school, but I would say I still believed at that time. After high school, I became a militant atheist, super cringe time period of my life, for a few years while I was in college. After college, I became more agnostic where I didn't really believe, but was also happy for people who did believe in something. I'm now in my 30s and have recently had the inkling to go to church again. However, I do not live a life one would think of from a traditional religious person. I like a lot of metal music from satanic bands. I lie. I play D&D. I like horror movies. I'm a pretty material person. I am pro-gay rights and pro-choice, etc. I guess my question is, where I do not necessarily see you as the traditional religious person either. No offense, of course. Do you ever feel like kind of a poser? Do you have any words of encouragement or tips on not feeling like a poser, such as myself, going back to church? Sorry if this question doesn't make any sense. It's kind of difficult for me to put into words exactly what I'm feeling. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Keep up the amazing work on the podcast. Daniel. Um, yeah, of course, I, I feel like a poser. Uh, you know, it's it's... For for me, the the big issue, uh, basically, I, I didn't go to church for a long time, started going in 2011 and was with a, a group of people I liked at a church. How, how long did you not go for? Um, I went all the way through high school, so 96, and then I went to college and, you know, like twice a year would go and, you know, or if I was home. Um, but really, I worked security overnight, so I'd work 10 p.m. until 5 a.m. on Saturdays and therefore... Not right, not be in yeah. any condition to go on Sundays, but like, you know, Thursday nights, I'd be like, all right, I want to go to the campus crusade meeting on Thursday nights in the university hall cafeteria. And then I would be watching friends and just forget about it. Um, yeah, right. So I didn't go. And then after graduation, I, you know, went a couple weeks and it was, you know, oh, this young adults group is meeting. But that was also when I had my back injury the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I'm working at Walgreens. And so I'm working on Sundays and it wasn't great. Um, so I, I didn't, didn't really go and probably I went down to Arkansas and went a couple times. I went to Easter Sunday with my friend, Jen Bogart and her husband, Jeff Bogart. Uh, somebody in the choir fainted that day. It was very awkward. And then probably in spring of 2006, I started going with, uh, with my friends, uh, Alexis and Janessa and it was kind of a mega church. And I also, I made no effort to like get involved other than being there on Sundays. So, um, then I came out here and didn't go anywhere. I tried the first couple of weeks and like addresses were weird. MapQuest, it was 2006. And then, uh, when I moved off campus in 2011 was when I started going to church again. And I tried a couple different ones and ended up 
at uh, at a church in West Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, again, like the people I was with, but probably you know two or three years in, uh, the idea of gay marriage came up in our little Sunday school class. So this is a group of like eight people, and we meet for about an hour before the actual service starts. Um, and uh, I was like, well, you know, the the country is founded on the separation of church and state, so you know. Any church's rules shouldn't affect the state's rules. So gay marriage, way to go. I'm, I'm all for it. And man, oh man, that was not received well uh, by much of the room in terms of, hey, this doesn't agree with what the Bible says. I'm like, eh, it doesn't really say anything. And also the Bible says a lot of things about marriage uh, right. that we don't follow. So, you know, I'm okay with this. And again, the Bible shouldn't affect American policy. And uh, we talked about it I, I like seven weeks out of eight and I was alone on my hill. And <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember, I remember yeah. this point in time because you were like, I feel like I'm in a place where I don't really, my values don't align with the people I'm with. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I stuck it out because I liked playing softball with that team and uh, probably for another year or so. And then it was like, it wasn't just that. It was uh, people were coupling up and the couples were having babies and I was doing neither of those things. And I yeah. felt none of the babies were gay, which was really offensive. To yeah. Me. Oh, yeah. Still offended. And Hello. Uh, yes, <laughs> still offended. I love that. And uh, I, 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 I'll say this: I'm still at least Facebook friends with all those people. I still care about them. Uh, like yeah, I, I'm still yeah. celebrating their wins and yeah, uh, ignorant, mourning their losses. The ignorant can learn, right? I, I, I would never phrase it like that. Um, just you know, we disagreed on this matter of. Public policy. Oh, come on. If someone thinks, you know, a gay person is less than a regular person, that's being ignorant, I think. And wait a minute. I said regular. You sure did. <laughs> In any event, uh, so so I started looking I started looking for other churches that would be more uh suited to what I was looking for, which you know, a, a different kind of community. Uh, and then, you know, started going to, to Sanctuary in Providence. And, you know, mm -hmm. it was one where it was like, oh, the website seems like cool. Uh, the mm -hmm. pastor is, you know, he's a good guy. And so I started going there and then really like got super into it and was going to, to our home group, our home church on, you know, Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights or whatever night we met. And yeah. uh, really all the way through like 2019. And then I kind of drifted away from home group. It just felt like, again couples babies and i'm like hello so couples, straight babies yeah I, I i think it's weird because for a long time there were you know out lgbt people in the in the congregation but i was also like more aware of everyone in the congregation uh and now i kind of go and i sit in the balcony and you know uh mouth the words to whatever song they're singing god is the gas in my go-kart beep beep and, uh, you know, talk to the friends that I know after the service, and, and that's that's kind of it. But I want, the, like, I, I crave spiritual enlightenment, so I want to get back into it. But I, you know, I feel like a poser because of, you know, a lot of times the jokes that I make are not uh, necessarily Jesus-friendly. And uh, I feel bad about that. I feel like a poser. I don't think uh, metal music is is bad. Uh, inherently, I don't think D and D is bad. I, I you know, he he says I lie, and I'm like, well, I mean, everyone lies. Just don't yes. do it as much. Um, well, he, I, this this is actually the only point in this that I'm actually really interested in. Yeah, is what kind of lies is this guy talking about? Yeah, that's a good because point. Because to me, Brad lies more than anyone I've met. In that's my life. true. When people are like, "How are you doing?" and I say, "Fine," why? 
similar. Well, not that exactly, but I kind of meant like you really do uh, lies of omission. Oh, yeah. You know, you definitely do lies of omission and you definitely also hide your real feelings. Not so much, you know, I'm fine, but I'm not fine. But like you constantly withhold your actual feelings from people. You never say anything remotely controversial, virtual, regardless of how you actually feel. I feel like, you know, I feel like if you were in a group of Satanists, we could get quotes from you saying that you're like, yeah, I don't think Satan's a bad guy. You know, I worship Satan. I think that people could get you to say that regardless of how untrue it is, just because you want to make people happy. I don't know that they'd get that second one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, first of all, let's let's just agree with this. Just because you like some music, it doesn't mean you have to agree with every word that comes out of the musician's mouth. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Because I like leftover crack and they want to cook police in a stew and turn every cross upside down and right. piss on the World Trade Center and i and i and they have you know they have EP, they have albums called fuck world trade they have one called shoot all the kids at school and they're obviously just trying to be offensive right and i don't stand behind their messages sometimes and also by the way the lead singer of leftover crack is being accused of being like an abusive woman beater oh no i know and it was weird cuz leftover crack Leftover Crack, if you want to go on a deep dive, if you love punk and ska, go on a deep dive with Leftover Crack. Yeah, go get cultured, victim. you swine. Yeah, get cultured. Um, but they're they're really weird because their whole thing was like equality in terms of like, don't be racist, don't be homophobic, you know, all that kind of stuff. But also like, we want to kill every policeman we see. You know, we hate, we hate uh, religious people, which is weird because to me, it's just the same thing in a different direction a lot of times. Like... I also am frustrated with the idea of policemen that abuse their power or right. physically assault people, especially when it's based on race. Uh, but the idea of grouping everybody together is just another way of generalizing that's negative, you know. Um, so some of their stuff was there. Some of their messaging was already contradictory to me. But man, what if the guy's name is Stiza? I believe S T Z A. What if he is an abusive woman beater? Like I don't know what to do. They leftover crack was already so goblin-esque it felt like a bunch of you know fleas and ticks and lice that grew into people and started making music um and uh, now i don't even know but anyway my whole point was just because you like i mean when you say you like satan bands i mean we probably like bands that like satan right yeah probably you know i mean who knows um but uh, I think that that's okay. I think that you can like art that doesn't reflect your values. Yeah, I'll say uh, and uh, I th- Frank Turner, uh, atheist. Oh, yeah. Avowed atheist. And I'm like, famous, Frank Turner's famous. great. Hooray. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And also, I, so I got to know about these lies. I want to know more about the lies. Are you lying like I didn't kill mom for our inheritance? Because that's a bad one. Yep. But yeah. I mean, the killing is, is bad as well. Uh, yes. Well, you didn't mention killing either. So hopefully that's not part of it. But yeah, it says lie uh, of omission. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's his other lies. He omitted that he murdered somebody. I guess his his mom yeah. for inheritance. Yeah, ma- email. matricide was omitted. That's a big one. <laughs> it's not one of the commandments. Um, is that you protecting him? First of all, it, thou shalt not kill is one of the commandments. Yeah, but not matricide specifically. Well, respect um, your father and mother is a different well, commandment. Well, you can still show respect. Eh, mm. you know, respect their wishes. But um, so I think that's okay. It's funny because people... Wait, you think matricide's okay? Uh, it depends. Did, you know, who knows what, what's going on? I mean, did you deserve the inheritance? Were they trying to keep it from you? You right. know what I mean? Okay. Well, gotta- I, I, didn't real- <laughs> I didn't realize they were trying to keep you from the inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, so yeah, I want to know more about this guy. And I, I will say, I want people always think, um, you know, some some funny things about Brad, because like the idea that like most people think of Brad as like a very stick in the mud nerdy robot guy but yeah, well that's that's like, how you describe me to people so well they also listen to you talk on ah, a podcast, okay. so they can make their own <laughs> a podcast where ah, I, ha- yeah. I have to be a foil to you yes yeah, oh yeah oh yeah it's, it's always you, you want to go crazy but i'm pulling you back that's correct yes um but, but um it's funny that this guy's like oh you seem like you're not the typical christian guy um be- because I kind of think of you that way, but I also know you behind the scenes. Right. You know what I mean? And we talk like a little bit more openly than you would be in public. Yes. You know, you're such a, to me, you're such a little church boy, a little church mouse. Yes. Uh, when you're running around. Wait, you know am I a mean? country so, mouse? Am I a church mouse or am I a city, a uh, sewer rat? I, th- I think you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a, a three trick pony. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so... I don't know. It's a really interesting thing. I, I think that, that people see you in different ways. Yeah, I, I think you know, uh, Daniel. I think you can find uh, a church that will accept you, uh, metal music and all. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, also named Christian, uh, the drummer in our, drummer in our church worship band, is a huge metal guy. Um, and so, like, honestly, I would have no problem connecting you with him if that's what you want, and just someone to talk to about like that specific thing. Um, I don't think D&D is a big deal anymore. I think it was, you know, 30 years ago when my parents were telling me not to play it. Horror movies yeah. go, go nuts as long as it's not a snuff film. Uh, mm-hmm. Pro-gay rights, pro-choice. Like our our executive pastor, um, boy, this was like, a, you know, a year or two ago. This wasn't the, the June Roe Wade thing. Um, this was, you know, she's like, oh, like, you know, this news came out about abortion and like as a mother... Um, you know, like I, I celebrate this because it means that more unborn lives are, are saved. But as like a woman, I'm concerned about bodily autonomy. And, and like, this is a really hard topic. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you go to a church and they're like, we have all the answers, I think you should leave that church um, with the, the idea that like, you know, a, our, our pastor often uses the phrase, and it might be GK Chesterton or somebody, we're just, uh, I'm just a beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. And that's, you know, that that's a positive attitude. You talk about being a material person. Uh, I am too. Uh, but I think that getting to the point where I'm okay tithing, giving 10% of my income uh, to the church to spend kind of uh, as, as they like, uh, whether it's salaries or like paying utilities or this person's car broke down and they need to, you know, pay for repairs or we're paying rent this month or we're buying uh, bags for the kids in foster care, or we're doing a backpack drive, like all these things. It's, it's, it, I like being part of a church that does things with that. I know where our money is going and, yeah, that's good. and, uh, because I know there are often churches that aren't like that. You know, they, some, some churches hide hundreds of thousands of dollars behind a bathroom wall. Uh, and it sucks because happen? yeah, Joel Austin, his, uh, his church, somebody, I don't know if it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I, you know, I, I would say, uh, what got me back into it? I, the book blue like jazz by Donald Miller got me back into it. Uh, Lee Strobel wrote a series of books. That's like the case for faith, the case for Christ. And I think the case for church. Um, but those are kind of, uh, little, little gateways that helped me get back into the church. Uh, and then, you know, now I'm very slowly going through the Bible one chapter a day. 
uh, and, and then writing about it. And you can see like my frustrations about like God in the Old Testament saying like, no, once you go into the promised land, you're going to be at war and I want you to slaughter everyone. And I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> And, uh, and it's hard. It, it's, it's hard to justify some of that with what we see in the New Testament and the idea of love and conversion and things like that. Um, but, you know, all of that is written down at thebiblebafflesbrad.wordpress.com. Um, you know, I did the New Testament in 2016 when we were at a time of political turmoil. Uh, and then in the summer of 2020, when I was, was in a time of personal turmoil, I went back and started going through the Psalms and learned a lot that way and then just have continued. So if I keep up my pace, I will finish the Bible uh, in February or March-ish of 2023. Uh, and I will be able to, you know, I read it when I was like 23 or 24, but it was like I had no context. There wasn't an effort to study. I was just reading it as words on a page. And I think now like looking up commentaries and being like, why do I care about Og, King of Basham? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, learning all that stuff is uh, is interesting and helpful. So, yeah, um, sure. you know, if you have more questions, Daniel, feel free to send us an email. Uh, I'm happy to uh, chat with you more or connect you with somebody who who knows more than me. Uh, but there are definitely metalheads in the church. So yeah, I think and you're going to be okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're all liars. Yeah. Except for me. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly honest, Chuck. Um. <laughs> By the way, the next email, the subject line is mostly Brad. So if we could switch to a different topic now, uh, I feel like I have bared my soul uh, a little much. Yeah, okay. <sighs> well, I'll say this. So, you know, we're kind of going through the timeline. So I had to head, after I drove Lou and Laura back to Rhode Island, and we had our big uh, party Yes. Uh, at the pool party in the arcade, what I did was, I think that was a Sunday, and the next day I kind of packed up and I headed straight back to New York so that Tuesday morning I could film uh, the pilot with Drew Barrymore. Yes. And it was really interesting because, you know, I think I think I've explained this on the podcast, but I'm not quite sure. But, you know, I filmed uh, with Mike Birbiglia for his podcast, Working It Out, and he went to the Drew Barrymore show to be on it. And that was the first time, the first day I worked with him. And he's like, oh, do you think we can go backstage and we could film withdrew like the actual whole podcast and so i did that and i met her that time and she was really nice and her producer was really nice to me and he got my email and she said you know like where are you located and i said staten island and she said okay cool be in contact and i didn't really know what that meant i was like okay and i didn't know what that was and then me and mike were going back to brooklyn and Mike said to me when i dropped him off he's like wouldn't it be crazy if the first day you worked for me you were poached by drew barrymore I was like, that would be crazy. And then eventually I got a call um, or an email or whatever that was like, hey, CBS. It's weird. I, I feel like I'm not supposed to say this, but they never told me not to. So what do you think? Uh, I would not. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know what to do now. Well, I'll I'll do you know lights. I'll do lights. A yeah. light explanation. There you go. Um, so, uh, I got a call that they would like me to come in and help film a podcast for Drew Barrymore, and do the audio engineering and everything and the lights. And so that was the day this was set for July twenty sixth. And so I went to CBS where they do her show, and I guess Colbert and all that. 
And it's really weird because I'm not, as you may have noticed, an industry person, really. Right. I do all this film work, but it's all independent. It's all DIY and kooky and crazy and whatever. And um, this is like really like it's a really different thing. So I got pulled in. You know, everyone was nice to me. It was a really, you know, it was the same place I went with Mike. So it was kind of very similar. And we had this little room with like a news desk and all this stuff. And and we set up and I filmed and I think everything went really well. Everyone seemed really happy with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess, with, I guess I could talk, you know, I'll talk more about it, I guess, as this progresses and it's announced. Right. Um, but I've heard like promos with like starting this day, this is going to, this thing right. is coming out. So I know it's coming out and I haven't been asked not to say anything, but I guess I, I won't because of Brad's lies of omission. He's like, join me as a liar and lie and omit. And so I will. Thank you. Um, and uh, and yeah, so it was a really surreal experience to be kind of part of that television world. But it was weird because I'm still kind of this DIY indie guy. Right. Um, kind of. It's weird because I want to say weaseling my way in, but I didn't even try to do anything. Yeah. This I is did a, a weasel no, my way yeah, in. It was a no effort weasel. Yeah, the no effort weasel. Uh, I, I did, you know, I did reach out to Mike and I want to work with Mike. I think he's great. I think he's super talented and funny and interesting. And so that was a weasel. But then this was like a coincidence. And it would, you know, we're going to see how this goes and what this brings me and whatever happens. But, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I did that. Next day, went back into the city, filmed with Mark and Joe, and then I turned right around and came back to Rhode Island um, because you and I uh, were working on our Jurassic Park Bradley Drawn show that we did on July 31st, right. the Comedy Connection. And here's where some news is about to drop. Yes. You ready to talk about this? Um, yes, or do we want to tease it, do another email, and then come back to it? This tease, email, hit me up. All right, we've got crazy news, but first, an email. Uh, this is from Logan, and the subject line, as I mentioned, was mostly Brad. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast for several years now, and I've been listening to audiobooks even longer. Brad, I have always thought that you had a voice that would be good for audiobook narration. In fact, there was a series I got into this past October called Fred the Vampire Accountant. Even though I liked the guy narrating, it could easily I could easily imagine hearing your voice instead, and thought that it would have made the series just that much better. Actually, you should check it out. I have a feeling that the series may be up your alley. I digress. I was very happy to hear that you were taking a course for audiobook narration, and I wish you the best of success with it. P.S. I know Chuck scanned that prior paragraph for his name and was bummed when he didn't see it. Well, Chuck, I'm also impressed and happy with how your career is evolving, and I wish you continued success with it, and blah, blah, blah. Wow. Um, yeah, audiobook stuff. My, uh, my, my, I purchased some stuff from Vocal Booth to go, uh, some sound dampening curtains, some stands for those curtains. I have my microphone. I have a cod lifter. I need like one or two other things and I'm ready to, you know, start recording demos and figuring out the sound in my home. And you're the type of person where you would buy sound dampening curtains. Yes. And then they would come in and they'd be damp. And you'd have to call and, and explain it. <laughs> and it would be really... <laughs> are, are they... Are they? Well, no, I, I'm the type of person who would be like, yeah, they're damp. They're sound dampening curtains. This is how they sent them to me. It must be how they're meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So, yeah. 
Um, sorry, it's yeah, it's more right. about you. Sorry, Tony. Uh, Tony C sent an email. Subject line: Frank Turner. Uh, hey guys, I went to see Frank Turner last night in Los Angeles, state 49 of 50 for his 50 states in 50 days tour, and he was great. Woo. Initially, I was only go- I only was going to see Amigo the Devil open, but hearing you guys talk about having a good time seeing Frank Turner, I figured I would look into him more. He puts on a great show. The Bronx opened as well. I highly suggest checking them out along with Amigo the Devil if you haven't already heard them. Hope you're well, Tony. Thank you, Tony. I will check out Amigo the Devil. Uh, I'm familiar with a couple songs by the Bronx. I, I think one is Youth Wasted. Uh, came up on a playlist forever ago, and I'm like, this is a keeper. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you stuck around to see Frank Turner. He does put on a heck of a show. Yes. Um, and also, Tony actually messaged me, and he said, hey, just so you know, I also wrote a while back, and it never got read. Uh-oh. Um, and I wonder if it went to spam. And so I looked it up, and it did go to spam. But it was the only one that went to spam that was like from the contact form on the website because oh, he okay. said he used that. And yep. I, I looked it up, but this is the only one that was unread. Okay. And so that one says, and this is from June. Hey guys, I was curious if you saw there's going to be a movie about Spirit Halloween. Yep, a movie about a store. So my question is, if you could make a movie about any store, which would you choose? Personally, I get the feeling that Chuck's is going to be a crossover event between BJ's Brewhouse and Dick's Sporting Goods. And maybe just a little bit of Pet Cemetery thrown in. Hope you are both well, Tony. Um... What would you okay? What would you do if you wanted to make a movie about a store? Oh, that's uh, you know the I know the Rhode Island answer to give is Benny's, but I have no particular affection for Benny's. I think any uh, big box store works mm-hmm. uh, because you can have multiple storylines going on that shouldn't cross over, but do or that don't cross over until you know the end of the shift or whatever because they're so big. There's so much going on, right? Um, so. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's also tough because I know the movie Career Opportunities was basically like in a big box store. But the, like, I guess I don't know enough about the plot of Spirit Halloween to say, like, oh, it's, it's about this store or it's, you know, whatever it's about and it's set at the store. But I think any, any big box retailer would be a good backdrop for a character based comedy. Yeah. I think, you know, to be completely honest, I like the idea of um, what's it called? Um, I like the idea of a movie based in a mall, kind of like Mallrats. But the thing is, in Mallrats, and I know this isn't exactly a store, but hear me out. Okay. I worked in a mall for a while. If you remember, I worked at the GameStop. Do you remember I do, that? I do. And uh, there was a cute girl that worked at somewhere else in the mall, and I thought, oh man, I'll never be able to you know, make love to this girl. Yes. I did eventually. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, And she was actually in a really weird store. Like one of those weird like stores that you almost want to consider Wiccan. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like it has a real, they all have the same font for the, for the sign. And it's like, what is this? And like some stuff is just seems like it sticks tied together. I can't explain it. But anyway. Oh, and then remember this? A girl, remember this? I don't know if you remember this. I So I worked at the GameStop. The Victoria's Secret girl? Oh, I, that's you, crazy. You stood behind her in line at the food court and then stalked her back to where she lived? I did not. <laughs> that's such a, I hate you. You're lying. <laughs> this is why you're going to hell. <laughs> that's a lie of omission. Um, you, no, so... If, I don't know if you I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you did at some point, but maybe it fell out of your head because you didn't know the people. 
So where I was in the mall, what, what was the name of the mall? Was it Emerald Square or was it Silver City Galleria? Silver City Galleria. Emerald Square is in Attleboro, I think. See, it's so funny. There's two malls that are semi near me in Rhode Island. It was Silver City Galleria and Emerald Square Mall. And I can never remember which is which. But the one I worked at was, Brad says, Silver City. And I worked at the GameStop. And across from there, the GameStop was, there was a food court. And there was a Dunkin' Donuts in the food court. And there was a guy that worked there. And I don't know if you ever knew the story, so hopefully you don't. He met a girl online from Florida. They started, like, talking. I do remember the story, but I don't remember how it ends. Continue. She moved up here just to be with him. Like, she moved up here to, like, live with him. Yes. And then she, like, left him for one of the guys at GameStop and immediately got pregnant and moved in with his him and his parents. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's funny, too, because I can't remember who the guy was and I can't remember who she was, but I have a... I, I remember not liking the girl. Right. Um, and from the story, by the way, you, you know, you wouldn't like her anyway. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. So anyway, th- what I always thought about in the mall was I love the idea of like I work in a GameStop that, of course, you know, just just for for fictional hypothetical reasons. Let's say there's an FYE, a hot topic, uh, you know, a gap a uh, an American Eagle, a Pacific Sunwear, whatever. I love the idea of a movie or maybe even a like a, a series where it's like all the people that work in the mall and it's kind of it's like, like Mall Rats is about two guys who go to the mall the same day. They both girlfriends both broke up with them and those two girls that they broke up with are kind of coincidentally also around the mall and that's it. And then it's like the only people that work in the mall are like Ben Affleck is kind of a villain a little bit and he works at one of the stores. But everyone else is just kind of hanging out I like the idea of people who are in the mall and we kind of treat it like high school or college yes. where they're all in the same place because they have to go there all the time right. and they have to, whether or not they have, uh, they date someone and have a falling out or a breakup or a friend or whatever, um, they have to be there. And I love the idea of like every store is like its own little world, right? you know? And I think that could be really, really fun. And I don't really know of a movie or a TV show that did focus on that kind of community of I, the I mean, mall. I, you know, it's weird you mentioned community because that's the show I was thinking about. The idea of right. You know, let's call it. Right. Let's call it. Let's call it uh, this. This show that we're developing, trademark Chuck and Brad, uh, mm-hmm. food court, and you have like the clean cut kind of nerdy guy who works at like Sears. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have anyone to sit with. He just started there and he ends up yes. at a table with like the hot topic girl uh, who is, um, you know, initially standoffish. But like by the end Oof. of the pilot, she's like, you're pretty cool, Sears. You know what we can actually call this? Yes. Courting. Oh, <laughs> double meaning. <laughs> We're just both flipping out. Yeah. Over the name. Yeah. You know, um, you have the footlocker jock. Uh, character, yeah. Uh, but you know what? It's a woman. You were thinking the jock was a man. Nope, woman jock. Woman jock. Yep. So how about this? How about this? Okay. So it's kind of a combination of like waiting the movie. Yep. Uh, mall rats, community, that kind of thing. And it's funny because I kind of don't want to call it courting because I don't want it to all be romantic. I want there to be a lot of slapstick and a lot of silly shit going on. Because like malls, uh, malls are the place for shenanigans. Would you agree with that? 
I would agree that you think that, yes. I think that the mall is the best place for a shenanigan to happen because it's like you got a movie theater, you got a Dave and Buster's, you got the food court. All right, you got I, this, I, you I got misunderstood that. what you meant by shenanigan. Yes, I'm now back on board. I mean, like shenanigans like, you know, Chuck and Brad are buying video games from GameStop for a dollar and trading them in at the Microsoft kiosk for $10 each because they figured out a scam. And then the security guard is trying to stop them and they're trying to sneak around. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, that kind of stuff. Art Plus, imitates think life. about this. Think about this. Okay. Let's say we make this sitcom about a mall. Yes. Right? How amazing is the Christmas episode? Oh. Right? Yeah. We got the Santa. We got the big decorations. Every store can do a different thing. You know what we've also got? Robbers. Somebody's going to rob the mall. Oh, mall alone. Yeah. It's like home alone, but it's not. <laughs> it doesn't make as much I sense. have to defend my mall. <laughs> yeah, no, we have a young security guard. Yeah. He's like super. Yes, there you go. I'm telling you. But you know what? If oh, they- oh, no, bad news. Sears has to get back into the mall. He left his gift for a hot topic. <laughs> In, in his locker. And so he's got to get back into the mall. He's got to get past Macaulay Culkin. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. No, but I'm telling you, sitcom in a mall is killer. In fact, maybe it's something we do right and it becomes part of the next big project we're doing, which we're going to talk about in a second. Yes. But I say sitcom in a mall is so cool and fun. I'm down. Yeah, it's fun, right? Because yes. you, you got to think, how else do you go... Here's here. I'm just going to talk about this for one more second, then we can move on. If it is Christmas, right? Obviously, let's say the episode opens and it's a lot of uh, it's an exterior shot, and then you show inside the mall and you see like huge decorations. You see people in the food court. You see uh, the Santa Claus line. You see a bunch of stuff. Then you go to GameStop and it's and it's the GameStop employees and they're like, you know. Uh, like Black Friday is this weekend and blah, blah, blah. And they're talking about it and there's all these Christmas things. Then they go to another store and it's like a temporary Christmas ornament store that one of the characters is working in to help out during the holidays. And then you go to this store and every little store has their own cast of characters and environment, but they're 10 feet from each other. Right. That's the beauty of it. They're all right there. Yes. Um. So yeah, I would love, we got to think of a name for this TV show that takes place in a mall. That's not mall rats. Ah, okay. Um, mall cats. Okay, so we'll, we'll <laughs> mall cats. So we'll move. <laughs> we'll move on. All right. So big announcement. Big announcement. We Let's talk it. about this. People were excited about it. They were going crazy for the past fifteen minutes. Now yes. it's time. Okay, and I'm gonna break this gently. And I, I got to be honest. I'm glad Ray is not here, Ray Harrington, because I want to say some stuff to you that I'm not gonna say to Ray. Okay. Okay. For listeners of the Chuck and Brad podcast, we've been doing it for a long time. Um, about 13 years, right? Yeah. A little bit more than that, almost 14. Done a lot of episodes, had a lot of fun. Chuck and Brad podcast is shutting its doors soon, right? Yes. And Ray Harrington has a podcast called Ray Harrington Must Content. Ray Harrington must content shutting its doors. And the reason for this is because, you know, we've done a bunch of episodes with Ray over the years. Super funny. I love c- confronting Ray with bad ideas. Uh, I love when he tears me up. 
I love when you guys gang up on me. And after so much fun together, we we just started talking about how it might make sense for the three of us to do a podcast together. And on top of that, it's also a thing where now that I work with Tell Em Steve Dave and Tuesdays with Stories and Kevin Smith and his podcast projects and Mike Birbiglia is working it out and maybe this new Drew Barrymore project, um, I just have so much experience in the world of podcasting and connections and a presence on these way bigger shows that on top of the idea of does it make sense for the three of us to do a podcast together, there is a question of is the smartest thing for me to have, is the smartest thing and a podcast that has been around for 13 and a half years and has 575 episodes? Because I know a lot of people are turned off by that. I know a lot of people feel intimidated, like they can't jump on this late in the game. And I know it's hard to collect our episodes all together for people to start over. Yes. And I know that when we started, we were so much slower in terms of talking. Uh, you know, the the quality varied a lot at the time. Um, and it's just a complicated situation to go from 2009 to 2022 with the experience and and the knowledge and the technology and everything. So kind of combining all this stuff, we talked about this, you and I and, and Ray, and we came to the conclusion that we should end our separate podcast and come together to start a new podcast. Three-way dance. And, right. And the new podcast is going to be called Fun Bearable. Um which I think is a great name. Ray came up with that combination of fun and unbearable, obviously. Um, me and we and Brad are fun, and I'm not going to make any comments outside of that. Um, and I think that some people are going to hear this and be sad because they're like, but the Chuck and Brad podcast, it's a specific thing. You know, I, I've already been invested. Here's what I want to say. And I want to see how you feel about this. Okay. I almost feel like we're only tricking a new audience into thinking we're starting a new podcast. Mm. And in actuality, Ray is basically just joining our podcast. That's Do you the part feel you, like that? Yeah, that's the part you didn't want to say to Ray. I, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, it's weird. I was thinking about it today as I was walking around the building um, to stretch my ache and back. I think we, you know, I think the dynamic changes with Ray. Um, especially when it's, right. it's not Ray coming on the Chuck and Brad podcast. It's the three of us creating together. I think we lose a little heart, uh, or at least, you know, and we, we've only recorded a couple episodes so far. Uh, we lose, we lose a little, a little room for heart because, you know, now it's three comedians making goofs and jokes. Um, yes. and we're, we're consciously trying to not do crazy long episodes. Um, but uh, you know, and and maybe there will be room for heart down the line, but um, the amount of fun we had recording those three episodes, and the amount of you know yucks, chuckles, and guffaws, um, unbelievable. Well, that's the here's here's what I want to say to you, and I, you know I'm open to have this conversation on the podcast. If you want to cut this, we can cut this. Although it's not offensive, I don't know why no. you would. Um, here's I'll, what I I'll think. cut the part where you call me the biggest liar. You know. Me and you have a tendency 
to really list things and get into things deeply and to deep dive and cover every aspect of something, right? Yes. Thoroughly explore things. Now here's and and, and I think Ray and this isn't even this this is in our personal lives as well as on the podcast. And I think sometimes over the years it's I don't think it's bad but I think it could become a little bit less fun and engaging for people and they might be less hooked into the podcast because sometimes we've gone so deeply into something. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't I, I really I don't really mean something like a movie, but there have been times when we're like yeah, and so then we did this and then we did this and we went to this and we did this and it's not really super engaging for people. We're kind of almost journaling. Which I think the podcast is a place for some of that, but I'd like it to be more engaging and more fun and more interesting to people who are not us, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that part of that, the other side of that, is that Ray wants to keep things snappy, 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 fun, 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 laugh, laugh, laugh. And with our side, you probably do get more of our real thoughts and our real feelings and a little bit more of that heart you're talking about. Yeah. And on his side, you probably do get a little bit more people staying engaged and a little bit more quickness and a little bit more laughs. But the downside is you lose some of the heart and in right. getting into things. I think we're going to find a balance. Um, but the first couple episodes we did are basically all riffs, all laughs, all jokes. But here's the other thing that you have to remember and that you might, you know, this might open your eyes a little bit. We did those first four episodes specifically to have them not be tied to any time period. So it was almost like we couldn't get into our specific things in our lives at that time because it would be in the past by the time those episodes come out. So I think when we're doing stuff that's a little bit more timely, we will be able to get into our lives and the spe the specifics of what we're going through as time is moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that th that that's almost the nature of those episodes not being able to be tied to a time period is one of the reasons that we didn't get into stuff to, like about ourselves that much. Okay. Yeah, what I can see that. Yeah, that that can make sense. Um, I I just so uh, I you know I think about one of one of my favorite episodes that we did was is everyone just lonely all the time and I don't see that yeah. episode happening with our three man booth our three way dance. I think we can make it happen. I think we might have to have a little more snap to it, but I think we can do it. And here's here's the biggest trick that the devil ever pulled, a.k.a. me and Brad, the devil, in this situation. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> you told those Satanists you like Satan. He's not such a bad guy. Satan, Satan's not a real person. He's just called the enemy. <clears throat> Satan is is the, the Hebrew word for enemy. Really? Or adversary, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, so here's what I think. And we talked to Ray about this, too. I was like, you know, if there's... Because we talked about the idea of doing bonuses and stuff like that, bonus episodes. And I said to Ray, and this is kind of one of the things that was like, okay, well, then why, why would we not do this? I was like, if there's ever a thing that Brad and I want to do that you don't really want to do or you don't really find super interesting, would you be okay if we, me and Brad did it ourselves as Ooh, a bonus yeah, episode? Oh, yeah, good point, good point. And Ray's like, yeah, sure, whenever. And Ray said, and there might be some times where I'm going to do a one-on-one -on -one Zoom interview with someone that I want to interview. And maybe that'll be a bonus episode because it's not the three of us. Yeah. So it's almost like 
I think that the main episodes will get funnier. Um, and if there are things that might fall outside of what Ray wants to do, we just get to do them anyway. You know? Yeah. And to be honest, I think we're going to pull him into our world a little bit more than he expects. We're really, really going to pull the rug out from under Ray with this thing is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. Good. Um, okay. Now I'm back on board. But <clears throat> that's why, like, you know, I've been thinking about the podcast and I'm like, do we want to do a retrospective? Do we want to do a look back? And I really don't feel like I ne- like we need to do a retrospective or a look back or anything because I think Fun Bearable is just the Chuck and Brad podcast continuing. I think it's just, you know, it's here's here's how I think of it. You ready? Okay. <clears throat> Ep, you know, season one of Family Matters was really just about the Winslows. Carl Winslow, Laura, Harriet, everybody, right? Yes. Eddie, Judy, Grandma. Ju- <laughs> I'm so impressed with you right now. Thank you. I'm so turned on. Um, season two, <clears throat> they're like, Urkel is funny. We're going to bring him in. I think if they had renamed um, Family Matters, like Urkel, the Urkel time hour or something, starting with season two, and they called it season one, but Family Matters season one still existed, and it just went into that, and it, everything still made sense, and everything, the continuity still worked out. That's what this is. Oh, you know what? You know what? That's not a good example because it didn't happen. Here's a good example. Roseanne. Yes. Years and years and years was Roseanne. Right. They brought it back. Roseanne made some tweets while she was on Ambien. So they took away her show. I'm just saying they Ambien can every- mess people up. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm now I'm now fully in support of Roseanne after two terrible Ambien episodes <laughs> of my own. Um, they change it to the Connors. But that doesn't mean that the Roseanne continuity is gone. They just changed the name and continued with a certain percentage of the cast. So what I feel like, I feel like no need to look back, no need to quantify. I say the podcast is just continuing with a new name, with a new cast member added, so no one taken away. You'd say Ray, is, just, Ray, is, Ray is the Urkel in this instance. Ray is the Urkel or the death of Roseanne. Okay. Whichever one you want to think of him as. Hmm. I know which one more closely represents it to me. Yeah. Um, an open casket Roseanne funeral does feel more like a Ray Harrington to me than a lovable black nerd. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A lovable black nerd just knocked the casket over. What's he going to say? What's he going to say? <laughs> so I think I really truly believe the Chuck and Brad podcast is just continuing in a new form. And the benefits are adding a cast member, um, also getting it to an episode one so that people will see it as a new podcast and people that are part of Tuesdays with Stories or Tell Them Steve Dave listenerships will be more more interested in coming over. And we get to kind of take this more seriously from day one. Yeah. And it's not like we didn't take the Chuck and Brad podcast seriously, but when we started it, we did it here and there. Um, Like I said, much lower quality at different points in time. And we're hoping with Fun Bearable that we get to do video podcasts as often as possible. Like, I'd love for it to be 100% of the time. It's probably not going to be 100% of the time, but I'd love for it to be 100%. Um, and I think, I, I, you know, we're going to continue Pitch Doctors. Uh, right. I really want to 
soon continue, and please don't tell Ray this, Dr. McFrankenstein's Reign of Terror. Um, I want to continue the roar you know. I want to continue the deep dives, the franchise flashbacks, everything we do and our personalities and the story of us growing is going to continue through Fun Bearable. We yeah. started the podcast when you were... How old were you when we started the podcast? Uh, I would have been 30 and a half. I still count half years. You would have been 30, and now you're 44. Yeah. I would have been 10? Yeah, I think so. Like I think you were four. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the Brad Little Talk podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my baby voice. Um... What did you, how old was I, 24? Yeah, I think so. And now I'm 38. Yes. And this whole, this the Chuck and Brad journey continues. The Chuck and Brad live shows will continue. The moderating will continue. Everything we've done continues. This isn't really the end of the Chuck and Brad podcast. You know what it is? We're a wolf and fun bearable is like a sheep costume. Ooh, okay. You know what I mean? We're tricking ourselves so we can get in with the other sheep. But we're still a fucking wolf, baby. You like that? All right. Well, I'm a I'm a sheep. I, I you know what'd be funny. I'm a sheep inside a wolf costume, and the wolf <laughs> costume is the Chuck and Brad podcast. <laughs> the wolf costume is Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's going to continue. I we're going to try to do things in a more organized and professional way. And I already think we were already very organized and professional. I just think that it's almost like with the Chuck and Brad podcast, we built to that. And fun, be fun bearable will be able to start at that point. Um, so that's going to start. Our plan is August eighteenth. We're going to drop the first episode. Uh, you know, we've done four already, and we have uh, at least three lined up for the next week. That we're hoping. You know, all these guests are confirmed. Great guests. Um, and I, I hope they, they all work out, you know, cause you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like I hope they all work out. Will Kofi Annan be able to be on fun bearable or will he have to right. do something with the UN? I, I don't know. Is Kofi Annan still alive? He was the first I name I, is. I know Kofi Kingston. Mm, I think they're different. Yes. Um, uh, Kofi Annan is the former secretary general of the United Nations. Ah, I see. Oh um, no, he he died in 2018. So he will not be on the podcast. So who wait, which Kofi did I book? <laughs> Kingston. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, do you, how how similar to me do you feel? Yeah, that that makes sense. And just the the, the reminder because I had completely forgotten that, you know, if we need to talk about something uh deep and Ray is like, "No, thanks." uh that we can still record about it. And if there's an emergency yeah. podcast, like, oh, like, I, uh, I I successfully foiled a hijacking and I just want to talk about it, um, you know, and Ray is busy, I don't know, uh, being a dad. Mm -hmm. And you're right. like, all right, I'm going to hear this hijacking story. Um, yeah. And then it turns out that it was just uh, just a confused TSA official. Um, yeah, that, yes, yeah yes. that we can still record on our own, and, and that Ray and I can record on our own when we're like, we want, we just want to have a conversation without the word anus, and <laughs> just one episode. Hey, what, you're not going to invite my anus to this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I just got a, I got a text from Chuck. Hang on, I got to read this. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's just continuing and we're kind of getting to just 
repackaged for a new audience. But really, it's just the continuation of the Chuck and Brad podcast. Yeah. yeah. The and, growth. And I think it's just growth. And that's fun, bearable. It's coming soon to podcast networks near you. So. Yes. And we already we already got all the handles. It's fun, bearable pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. That's going to be our G- our email is funbearablepod at gmail.com. Funbearablepod.com will be the website. We got all that stuff ready. Um, we shot the first four episodes. We're hoping to shoot uh, the guest episodes this week in New York with Brad and Ray. You know, that's the other thing is that the Chuck and Brad podcast was very insular, where it was mostly Brad and I at a table. And that's great. And I, I love doing it. But with me in New York now, there is this opportunity to take advantage of the area and the people in this area um, in terms of Brad and Ray coming up and us being able to do a bunch of cool interviews with creatives and comics and different people around here that maybe really will expand the audience. Because the truth is, and I'll give you this, I'll even throw this out. I didn't say this to you yet, you piece of shit. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. Now, Now that you've addressed me as such. I want you to believe that you can have a creative life as your career. And I want Fun Bearable to make that more realistic for you. Okay. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's something that uh, I have tried to believe for a long time and have been unable to thus far. But Well, what, as... what about the success of, of one Charles Staten? Who, who's Charles Staten? <laughs> who's married What about to... me? And... and, and... You know, like I'm not I'm not gonna say any numbers, but you know how much money I was making. I do. I wrote the spreadsheet eight for months you. ago. Yes. And you know how much money I'm making now. Yep. And what you, I don't know. What's yep. what's your what are your what is what's going on in your heart about that? Um, you know, I have thoughts, but uh, I'm not gonna get into the numbers. <laughs> what what are your thoughts? Well, you can, well, you can no, say I'm the not numbers. I'm not gonna talk about them recorded. We'll talk about them at a different time. The numbers or their thoughts? The, the, the thoughts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are they negative? What's going on here? There's thoughts. What, about my thoughts? Yes. We'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, yes. my point is, I think I've been able to make it work. Yes. You'd agree? I, I, I would agree. But doesn't that give you a little bit of hope? Yeah, humor? a little bit. I mean, more than I had in the past, but like, I still have a surprising amount of baggage given the way I've been raised my entire life. Yes, right. I like nut sackage. That should replace baggage. All right, because it's like a weight between your legs. Sure, you let me barely... let me email the airlines and offer that as a suggestion. <laughs> well, start like, dear with O'Hare Merriam Airport, Webster. instead of baggage claim, <laughs> this is what the sign should read. <laughs> what? <It's> an old <laughs> couple <laughs> at the airport. I guess. Oh, um, go claim your nut sack. <laughs> Call every bag a nutsack. Um, so the reason we had to kind of explain this now, and please, everybody, write in chuckandbride@gmail.com. If you have any worries, if you have any thoughts about it, write in. I'll, we'll we'll talk to you directly. We'll talk to you on the podcast. We'll write to you. I want all the listeners. I don't want to say I want all the listeners to write in, but I want all the listeners to feel comfortable with this. We're hoping that I literally want a hundred a hundred percent of the people that listen to our podcast to come over to Fun Bearable knowing that it's going to be a direct continuation of this. It's going to be the exact same two voices along with a, a third who's obviously very welcome in the Chuck and Brad podcast world who's done almost a year of podcast episodes just by himself being a guest on our podcast over the years. Um, 
and knowing that it's going to be the same kind of thing, just with more professionalism and another voice there. And one thing that's cool is like Ray is a talented comic. Oh, you know, yeah. Ray is a talented voice. Like he is going to bring. I think he is going to make there be more laughs per minute in the podcast. Oh, absolutely, which is very positive. Yes. And I want to say this: it is great for the podcast to have it having a touring comedian as a part of the cast. Yes, because when he says he's part of this podcast, if he's going to headline in Austin or he's doing this stuff, he gets to spread the word of the podcast even more, and we get to build more of a community. That's kind of. My goal is now that I work with, you know, like I said, Tom Steve, Dave Tuesdays, all these people that can they can make a living off being in a podcast. I'm not saying we can do that. We can do that. But maybe we can do some of that and maybe we can get uh, an audience who really cares about us and who wants to support us and really likes us and really wants to see us grow and, and is there for us and kind of can get behind this thing that we make at a really high level of quality so they feel like whatever their investment is whether it's listening all the time or some kind of you know supporting sponsors or whatever it is that they feel really happy doing so and like they're getting a lot out of it um and i think that ray is only going to increase the professionalism and the quality of the comedy that comes into this thing and the reach and the reach of, of right. being a touring comic right so the reason why I brought all that up right now is because my idea going into our Jurassic Park live show, which Ray was going to be on, Ray, Ray was on, was wouldn't it be funny, like we, we wanted to open the show by announcing this podcast change to the audience, which we did. That was on Sunday night, July 31st. We're recording this on August 4th. And I said, at first our idea was that Brad and I will present terrible artwork to Ray ideas on the stage, which is funny. And we've done stuff like that in the past and it's always funny. But um, my idea, which is really strange, and I, I called you one day. What did you think when I called you with this idea? Were you like, this idea is weird? Uh, yeah, of course I thought it was weird, but you were so passionate about it. I'm like, well, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's give him some rain and, and let's go. Yeah, right. Um, so basically my idea was, Let's say to Ray, we made a promotional video to announce this podcast to the world, to announce that Fun Bearable is coming to the world. And basically, the idea was that we were going to go over the top, egotistical. We were going to uh, say, you know, we're going to save the world with this podcast. We're going to kind of show that society's ills and the divide between people is going to be solved by our new podcast. And my concept was like, I want to, I want slow motion. Uh, Brad and I and Ray dancing on a beach in like hippie outfits as like a celebration of this. All these weird ideas. And so Brad and I started getting together and listening to the song that I wanted to use, which was Dog Days of Summer by Florence and the Machine and dog, writing dog, to it. Dog Dog Days are over. Dog Days are over. Sorry. Uh, by Florence Machine and start writing to it and say like, well, let's say this, this sentence, this has to be here, this shot of this, this of this. And so we came up with this whole concept uh, Ray obviously couldn't be in the video and have it be a surprise, so we had our buddy Jordan play Ray with a Ray mask, and that's part of the joke. Very funny. Um, and there's a lot of stuff just about how this podcast is here to save the world, and that's how the announcement, that's the announcement of the podcast, but it took a lot. It took us filming at the church to have God reach out to me and tell me I need to start a podcast. Uh, we had to do all the slow motion beach footage, which came out great, and we spent so much time making this video over the course of 72 hours, right? Because yes. I was only here Thursday through Saturday before before we could do the show. Yes. 
We're working on it, working on it. We didn't get to do as much promotion as normal for the show, so we didn't know if people would show up. But luckily, people showed up at the show on Sunday. Uh, you know, Tyler Hitner opened, killer. Doug Key opened, killer. Ray obviously was on the show. Great job. Sponsored by RA Food Fights. Very thankful to Jim Nellis and RA's Food Fights. Sponsored by The Battery Shop, which was brought in by Tyler Hitner after he got added to the show. And we went to the show. We knew that the Jurassic Park bit was funny because we've done it in the past. We, we rewrote it a little bit, even to update it and make some more jokes in there, put some more jokes in. And we made this whole video, and I was kind of like, we need people to show up, and we need people to get the joke and laugh because... I want to put this video out online as the announcement of our podcast, Fun Bearable. Yes. But we need the wraparounds of us prevent presenting it to Ray and forcing it on him for the joke to really be driven home that this is a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. And it's a joke on one of us. Yes. Very impractical jokersy where the joke is on the performer. And luckily people showed up. Luckily people got the joke. Luckily people laughed big and hard throughout the video. And the footage is fucking killer. Yes. Um, yeah, I watched some of it. You know, it's tough watching because I have three different angles. They're not together. But watching some of it, and I'm like, oh, I love it. I love that the crowd yeah. w- was with us. Yeah. So the video came out great. Uh, I think the show went really well. Um, I think, you know, Craig helped out. Great dude. Great guy. Kyle Balagarin helped out. Great dude. Uh, we had a great time. We went out, you know, 11 of us went out to eat afterwards. And I think that the video is awesome and the response is awesome and being able to have this video that's like you know five to six minutes long to announce the podcast is going to be killer yeah um we're hoping to announce it maybe next week um and yeah so good but uh i'm very excited for it and that was kind of you know where i wanted to end up you know for the show just to explain to people um you know what's going on and 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 why I kind of had to reveal it on this week to explain what we did at our live Jurassic Park show. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I do. Um so that was great. And um like I said, please reach out chuckandbrad at gmail.com. Talk to me about the new podcast. If you have any ideas of what we can do, we're trying to get really serious with sponsors. We're trying to get really serious with video content. We're trying to get really serious with a release schedule, filming ahead, having consistent guests that'll help us build the podcast. Um you know, whatever you whatever you got to help us out, let me know. Um, yeah, we'll even take it. SEO stuff is uh, Brad Bortone, I think his name is, from uh, Needless to Say, another podcast in Warren. He told me he would help us out with SEO stuff. That's oh, great. great. I want to figure out a lot of this stuff. But yeah, so that was kind of what's been going on. That's our update. That's why we didn't be able, that's why we didn't record a podcast last week. We're just busy filming this video and doing all this stuff. Um, and then after that, really, there's not that much else that happened except for my birthday here yes. in New York. Um, yeah, we went to, you know, we did the live show on Sunday. Brad and I were very relieved. I remember we walked out of the show and I said, that is a load off my back. And Brad said to me, I still have a load on my back, which I thought was really nice and cute. Thank you. Um, it's a good joke. And it's a Tuesday's joke. It is a Tuesday's joke. And uh, Monday I drove back to New York. Uh, hung out with my friend Jen. We went to go to Smod Castle to play poker. Well, they, I didn't play poker, but uh, there was poker at Smod Castle with a Kevin Smith's podcast venue in New Jersey. He was in town. Uh, I went there. I saw him. We talked a little bit about a funny thing going on. Uh, I talked to a, a fan of the podcast 
another fan that saw us at Rhode Island Comic Con that he who's down in Austin and he was up for this poker game and for the event the next night. Kevin invited me to go to the the, the Jane Silent Bob Get Old show the next night um, at a movie theater and uh, the Atlantic Highlands movie theater. And uh, I went to this awesome Mexican place called Mi Lupita, and it was so good. I was very thrilled with it. Delicious. Uh, Jen also made some pecan pie bars. Wow, pecan pie bars. Incredible. Amazing. And you you would love them. Uh, But the Mexican restaurant was great. We went to the show. Show was super funny. Really good stuff. Uh, Kevin's birthday is also August 2nd. That's why he was doing a, a show on my birthday. Um, and uh, went to this great ice cream place, a small batch ice cream place next door. Got to hang out at a, a, a bar nearby with my buddy Josh Roush, who I don't get to see that much because he's usually in L.A. We get to hang out for more more time than we usually do. I got to you know meet his wife, uh, Liv, who I've known about for a long time because I've known Josh, but we never actually got to hang out before. Great, great couple days. Very, very fun. A lot of positive stuff, especially along with the show and the actual birthday celebration in Rhode Island the week before. But yeah, so that's kind of everyone caught up to where we are. Um, like I said, four, four episodes of Fun Bearable are in the can. Um, we're, we're having someone work on the artwork right now. We're finding out the music right now. And we have four confirmed pretty awesome guests, right. really awesome guests uh, that I really hope work out. I, don't, I almost don't want to say their names just because I don't want to like jinx it well i gave the kofi one away. i'm just kidding there's no That's true. as far as i know no kofis on the show yet yeah and at first i i'm hoping that we're going to do regular episode guest episode regular guest regular guest regular guest um but i'm very excited for it and uh it felt like this sunday was kind of the first time we got to tell everybody and the first step in this new direction of fun bearable kind of taking over and Hopefully, you know, bringing us to a, a new level of um, of maybe comfort making uh, these, you know, these these like creative projects yeah. that we like to do. Yeah. And like and like we've always said, having a podcast is a key to do whatever you want. Right. You can do anything. And if it's related to a podcast, the medium is so open that you can kind of make it make sense. Yes. Just like our ridiculous egotistical announcement video. That's correct. But Yeah. So that's it, man. I'm 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 very happy. I'm very excited. We're doing this, um, and uh, yeah, I love it. I love that I moved to New York, and ten months later, we're like, not only have we stayed super super consistent, but now we're going to take the podcast even more serious going forward. You right. know? Yes, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Um, well, for for now, folks, if you I, we we still have some emails we didn't get to, but as Chuck said, you know, continuation moving forward. We will uh, yes. we will get to these. I think one of them is just like, hey, I had a really fun time at the show. But um, yes, thank you oh, yeah, all for writing come in. On. Yeah, should we talk about? I mean, is uh, I feel bad. It's 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 tough because that there's that one. You know, I'll I'll read that one because it's a nice it go with. But yeah. the idea of the other two, um, you know, they're longer. Yes. Uh, okay. Happy Monday, Brad Roar. And a little dinosaur and Chuck had the best time at the live show last night. Haven't laughed that hard in a long time. You guys never disappoint. Never. And I'm and I'm already anxiously awaiting the next show. Heart uh, from our friend Sherry. P.S. Uh, I know you hate it, meaning me. But as we were driving away, my mom said, "Does he really work at UMass?" She was very impressed when I said yes, uh, <laughs> which is funny. And current <laughs> currently true. I do still work at UMass as of right now. Killer. 
Thank you, Sherry. Yes. Come say hi next time you're at a show. You never say hi. Yes. I always feel bad because she drives so far to come to a show, and then we come out of the green room, and she's she's gone, and there's a Sherry-shaped cloud of smoke in her wake. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. She's running out the door. And you know what? And the, and the door has a Sherry-shaped hole in it. Yeah. So like she really just, darted just out of Wait for them to open the door. Yeah, just like Bugs Bunny. Uh, but yeah, we're always happy to hear from y'all uh, for now. Yes. You know, if you want to hit us up, uh, chuckandbread at gmail.com or uh, use the fun bearable email address. Yeah, funbearablepod at gmail.com. Feel free, man. Happy to hear from you. Um, like, yes. you know, we that might take a little longer to answer because as Chuck mentioned, we have some episodes pre-recorded and yes. uh, for, for launch, uh, but we will get to it. And even if we don't, we appreciate it. So yes. um, thank you all so much for being part of this journey with us over the past 13 and a half years and uh, yeah and, and it continues yeah and and we we appreciate you that's all i've got hell yes that's all i got deuces Never thought my home could ever feel so empty. You turn the lights off, you shut the door. Our fire has grown cold. You fought for us too gently. You threw the battle while I was ready for war. And if this moment's our last one. Smoke it down to the filter They all say I should move on They all say I should never let you in again But, oh no, oh no, I'm leaving the light on Well, I'm leaving the door unlocked Calling you home I'm not letting you go door unlocked I'm calling you home When are you coming home? We stumbled through the years We never stopped to wonder where the road turns or when it ends You packed up all my hope Our future six feet under Stop the pulse after life begins If this moment's our last one I'll smoke it down to the filter They all say I should Saw you coming 
it ends like it began On a desolate road A love story stuck in reverse Our baby steps have taken us worlds apart The bumps in the road have started Proving to be truer than your promise Tell me If this moment's our last one I'll smoke it down to the filter They all say I should move on They all say that I've got to go on And keep strong, but Oh no, oh no I'm leaving the light on I'm leaving the door unlocked I'm calling you home Not letting you go Oh no, oh no 